Hey, we're continuing our Farm Fridays with the American League Central. Which team has the most talent in their farm system, and who is going to best be able to leverage that talent into a division title? You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated, lifelong minor league baseball fan. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And when you look at the American League Central Farm uh, farm systems, you really kind of have to separate the Royals and the Tigers from everybody else. Because the Royals and the Tigers, both farm systems, at the top when it comes to to farm systems. I mean, top five, top six. Royals are fifth. Tigers are sixth, according to Baseball America. And so that's something where both of these systems have a lot of talent, a lot of of high-level guys. Obviously, the Royals, you've heard me talk about it on the show. I'm a Bobby Witt Jr. fan. I am a believer. I think he's going to be just as impactful as a Fernando Tatis, some sort of the next generational player. But even when you look past that, the Royals still have, I mean, they have three top three players, not only in that top 100, they're all in the top 50. Okay. So catcher MJ Melendez at number 42. Uh, Interesting progression in his career so far because he had massive struggles in 2019 and then made a huge turnaround in 2021. And you're going to hear that theme with a lot of the Kansas City guys. So, you know, it's it's that vaunted Kansas City development system, right? Uh, Struggled 2019, great 2021. And offensively, his power is definitely his carrying tool. He has fantastic offense for a catcher. 41 home runs, um, 10-11 OPS in 2021. I mean, I, I, I believe he was close to leading the minors in that. And so... When you watch him play, short, relaxed swing, over-the-fence power, and a great athlete with a plus-plus arm. And what I love about MJ Melendez is you already have a great catcher in Kansas City and Salvador Perez as far as an offensive threat. And Melendez is another offensive threat. We saw Perez, I think he played 161 games last year because he DH'd a lot. Well, Melendez, good catcher. Fantastic arm. He's played some third as well. So I think you have a way. There is a path to get both Melendez and Perez into the lineup every day while still kind of saving some of the wear and tear on, especially Perez being a little bit older guy, uh, saving some wear and tear on his arm and his knees by having him DH one day. And then when he catches Melendez can play third or Melendez can DI. It just depends on where you put Bobby Witt Jr. Where do you put Alberto Mondesi? Uh, who is you know, Nicky Lopez? Is he Has he come back to earth or does he still look great? And so that's something where lots of flexibility, but Melendez gives you another offensive threat. So you take Salvador Perez, you surround him with the Bobby Witt Jr. You surround him with an MJ Melendez, a hundred Dozier. You have plenty of threats in that Kansas City lineup. And so... You know, great addition at the top of that farm system there. And then another guy who I absolutely think can be up there is Nick Prado, first baseman Nick Prado. Uh, 
Same story as Melendez. Struggled in 2019. Bounced back in a big way. 36 home runs, 988 OPS. So, same thing. Hits tanks. And the thing about him, very good bat speed. Very good quickness. And then he can get into the zone really quickly. So, he can see the ball particularly well. He has the speed, the pure bat speed, to catch up to something if he's if his timing's slightly off, things like that. And then he's really good against lefties, which is something that you definitely need to have those guys in your lineup. You need to identify those guys that can do that. Uh, sneaky fast. He's not he's not a burner, but he's going to be one of those guys that he can probably get you double-digit steals in a year. And a lot of that's going to be he's going to have to get a good jump. You're going to have to find the right opportunity. He's going to be a guy who is a bigger threat to advance on a pass ball necessarily than he is going to be to just outright steal. But sneaky, he'll get you double digits. And then defensively, he projects out to have plus, plus, like, defense at first base. I mean, we're talking, like, gold glove caliber defense. And I know that first base is the lowest expectations defensively on the field. But I, but still, you want a guy who's going to be able to help out your infielders uh, by picking balls in the dirt, making the stretches to beat a runner. And so you add a Nick Prado at first. You add a guy like an MJ Melendez catching in at third. You add a Bobby Witt Jr., whether that's short, whether that's third. You already have, again, Adalberto Mondesi. You've got Whit Merrifield, who you can do infield outfield. you got Hunter Dozier, you can do infield outfield. There is a lot of options in this Kansas City offense. I really like it. Uh, and then when you look at the rest of uh, at the rest of this farm system, I talked about outfielder Kyle Isbell. I believe it was uh, Wednesday in our, our draft as far as, you know, guys who I thought were going to do well in MLB, guys who I thought could contend for Rookie of the Year, uh, just solid, solid outfielder. And then the thing I like about this farm system is there's a bunch of young pitchers at both high levels and low levels. So you look at the high levels, you got like a Jackson Kowar, a Daniel Lynch, an Angel Zerpa. You have, and hell, Angel, I don't know. Uh, you, have a, you have a bunch of guys uh, at a high level who can contribute to Kansas City this year. And then you go back to the low levels and you have a bunch of young, talented pitchers there. And as a Lacey, a Frank Mazzucato, a Ben Kurdna, uh, Jonathan Boland. So you have a lot of pitching talent, both that can help you next season and can help you down the road. So Kansas City, fifth overall system, definitely think it's warranted. And when you look at the Tigers, like I understand why they're right there with it. I mean, they're same thing. A lot of high-level talent. I think the reason you put them just behind the Royals is they don't have as much depth. They've also got three guys in the top 100. And obviously, you've got uh, Spencer Torgelson's the guy that I, that I actually took as my second uh, my second round pick in Wednesday's uh, Rookie of the Year draft with Jeff Carr. Go back and check that out if you haven't seen that. It was a fun episode. Really enjoyed doing that. But, um, but yeah, like Spencer Torkelson, massive power, doesn't sell out for the sake of homers, which is great. Uh, very good approach, good plate discipline, and all of that added up makes him a formidable hitter that can produce in the clutch. And then defensively, he plays an average first base. I mean, he's a fringy runner, not great speed, but he's got good footwork. He's got good enough athleticism. And again, first base, you're not asking for a ton from those guys. Their offense Specifically, their power is usually the carrying tool for a guy at first base, and Spencer Torkelson has power in spades. Massive power. So, going to carry you through. And then you look at outfielder Riley Green. Actually higher rated than Spencer Torkelson, number four overall. Incredibly athletically gifted. And it's the key to a lot of what he does. Uh, his his swing, it's a very smooth swing. 
but he has elite bat speed. And so when you combine that with his plate discipline, which is really good, look at his time in Toledo last year. He was a mud hen for part of 2021. Love the mud hens. 308, 400, 534. Just, I mean, projects to be plus plus with the hit tool. I think the power is going to develop. He's going to get to to a 20 home run level. He's not going to be a a threat to put up a 40-40 season or anything, but uh, he's going to have good power defensively. He's got great instincts. He's got um, an above-average arm. He can play center field. The Tigers have had him there. I think he profiles as more of a right fielder to me. Athletic enough, he's going to make the catches. He's going to throw guys. He's going to throw to third, try to catch a guy, stretching a single into a, you know, uh, trying to go from first third on a, a single or a double. And just a lot of a lot of talent high in this system. Jackson Jobe, 79th overall, uh, 2021 pick out of high school. That's a thing where you have to think about he's highly rated, but he's riskier than your average pitcher. He's got a uh, fastball that's you know lower 90s, can touch 96. Curveball potentially is a plus pitch. It's got some late dive to it. Curveball is above average, but the thing for him is the slider. Plus plus slider, one of the better sliders in Detroit in their system. Not going to say it's the best, but one of the better sliders in the system. Um, you know, smooth, low effort delivery. The issue here is he needs to actually pitch in pro ball. He didn't do rookie ball or instructs after the draft, so you just kind of need to see him in professional baseball to know that this talent is going to pan out. You just need more info on him, and the system looks good through the top ten. But there's not a lot of talent after that top 10. And a lot of the talent that is in that top 10 and then later is prep talent from the last two drafts. So obviously more variability, more risk when it comes to a high school pitcher. Uh, So, you know, a lot of talent, not as certain. I understand putting them um, behind the Royals. If I had to put my money on it, I would say uh, Royals are going to have a better farm system when you look back at it than the Tigers, but they're close. And in just a minute, I want to talk about, uh, you know, some of the next uh, teams in this system, you know, the Guardians and the Twins and all that. But first, this is the time of the year when I usually have kind of just given up on my New Year's resolutions. Um, don't normally be able to, st- I'm not normally able to stick to them for the entire year. But this year's different because my eating right resolution, I've got the help of Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I think it's better than a candy bar. They also have puffs, protein-infused marshmallows. One of the first ones ever. Fluffy, marshmallowy, not just a protein bar, it's a treat. Both the puffs and the bars, 100% real chocolate. Tastes great. The the flavors are fantastic. The protein bar, I'm sorry, the the puffs. You've got churro, you've got coconut marshmallow, you get a banana cream pie. Like The flavors that kind of fit the texture of a marshmallow. And then when you look at the regular Built Bars, you've got mint brownie, you've got coconut almond. You've got uh, peanut butter brownie. And then this month, white chocolate cookies and cream is this month's new flavor. So go to built.com, check out the list of all the flavors for the puffs, for the bars, the broth while you're there, tons of options. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So when you look at the Guardians and the Twins, they're another like natural pairing of teams, kind of like you paired the Royals and the Tigers earlier. They're middle of the road, like 12th, 14th, or where the two systems rank. And kind of similar scenario. They don't have a ton of guys at the top. They've got plenty of depth, 
Uh, Guardians have more position player depth. Twins have more pitcher depth. But both of them, plenty of guys there. Uh, Guardians have five guys in the top 100. They've got uh, shortstop Tyler Freeman, 63rd overall. Right-hand pitcher Daniel Espino at 65. Uh, shortstop Brayan Rocchio at 66. Outfielder George Valera at 68. Missed it by one. And shortstop Gabriel Arias coming in at 100. And we're going to talk about just a couple of those guys. Some of the guys are a little closer to being pro-ready. So Tyler Freeman at 63. He had 2017 pick, uh, second-round pick. And offense first guy doesn't have huge power. I think he's going to be the starting second baseman for Cleveland in the future. Very talented at not striking out. I mean, 9.2% strikeout rate in his professional career. So does not strike out. Now, the flip side of that is he rarely walks. He's very aggressive at the plate. He's either putting it into play and getting on base, or he's being, you know, it's a, it's a fly out, it's a line out, it's a ground out. He's not striking out. He's also not walking. Uh, he has good gap power. Doesn't really hit a lot of home runs, but he's got good bat speed. He can consistently get a barrel. So part of you wondered, was it going to be a physical development thing? Never came around. He's just not going to be a huge, um, huge home run threat. So defensively, he's played um, third base. He's played second base. He obviously shortstop. He's got average range and speed. He's got good hands. He's got good instincts. He could work out at second. I'm sorry, at, at short, but I think second's probably his home. And at best, you look at him, he's going to be your starting second baseman. He's going to be a pure hitter on your team. I mean, you're going to bat him. I can see a scenario where you bat him second just to let him hit with a guy on base, just let him get on base so the guys behind him can bring him in. At worst, he's going to be a great utility guy for you. He's going to be a guy, and I feel like if you keep him as a utility guy, he needs to be one of those utility guys that plays four or five days a week because his bat, I mean, again, he's not going to strike out. He's going to put the ball in play. He's going to get a, a bat on the ball just about every single time. So so um, has a future. Again, not a big power threat, but definitely a place for him in a in a lineup. Uh, the next guy, shortstop Brian Rocchio, is kind of opposite. He's a pure shortstop. He is... He does not need to move off the position. His nickname is actually The Professor. He's got a fantastic baseball IQ, really good in-game awareness, and that defense is definitely his carrying tool. I mean, excellent anticipation, good hands, average arm, but good enough. And he's going to be your pure defender that is your classic Hoover at the shortstop position. He's just pulling everything up. Um, offensively, he's got a consistent, smooth swing. Doesn't have a ton of power to it, kind of like Tyler Freeman. Part of the reason they're not in that top 50 is just they're lacking that top-end power. He's a switch hitter, much better righty than a lefty. I personally think he should probably just drop switch hitting, pull a Cedric Mullins, drop the switch hitting, and in his case, just stick with being a righty. Uh, but he did triple his home runs last year to, to 15. He had 46 extra base hits, which was one of the better marks in their system. And so... I think, obviously, he's not walking much, very aggressive at the plate, but he can get a barrel, he can ambush something. Another guy who you definitely have a place for him in the infield, uh, You know, he can play short every day and be reliable there. You just need to make sure that you construct your lineup in a way where you know where your runs are coming from. He's not going to hit, he's not going to give you um, you know, a ton of home runs. He's not going to be a 30 home run guy. And so you're going to have to figure out where your runs are coming from. 
him and Tyler Freeman are going to make a great pair in the infield. Uh, they're going to be a great double plate combo. They're just not going to do a lot. And the third guy I'm, I'm kind of looking at is outfitter George Valera, 68 overall, international free agent in 2017. And he's been injured quite a bit in his career, including 2021. I mean, he he played 86 games in 2021, and that was a career high in the fourth, fifth year of his career. So kind of tells you where he is. He's a premium hitter, lefty swing, consistent car contact. It's hard, above average hitting ability, above average power. He hit 19 home runs in those 86 games. Um, he can play all three outfield positions, a lot of versatility there. I think he profiles better as a right fielder. He's got average speed. Average arm strength. I don't love his defense enough for center, but I think his arm is strong enough to be an asset and right. It's not going to be a weapon, but it's going to be an asset, which is what you can hope for. And then part of the reason you have this team right here, where you have the Guardians in that middle of the pack, is the rest of the system, a lot of high school guys, a lot of international free agents. So again, they're younger, more risk to this group. You kind of have to be mindful of counting on too many of these guys because of the enhanced risk profile of being these young players who still need to figure out physical development, so need to figure out the professional game and all of that. Twins, similar situation. Um, also have five guys in the top 100. Uh, so outfielder and shortstop Austin Martin, uh, new addition to the to uh, to the farm system. He was traded from the Blue Jays as uh, part of the Jose Barrios deal. So really helped out the top of their system. First round pick in 2020 out of Vanderbilt. Um, pure hitter, absolute, like above average power. He's got low exit velos though. Uh, great plate discipline, great batter side. He had like a 414 on base percentage in 2021. So he's gonna, he's gonna walk, he's gonna get on base. He doesn't expand the strike zone to chase bad pitches a lot, which is good. But he also rarely barrels up and makes, you know, hard contact on a good pitch. So it balances out, you know, not a lot of raw power, good athlete, good glove work and average arm. He's played some short. He's played some outfield. I think he's better in the outfield. I think he feels more natural in center field than it's short. Uh, his offensive profile is poor four corner, um, especially like left field. He's going to need to play center or short to to be value at the major league level you, if you stick him in a let in, in left field you're giving up the potential for power uh and it, you're just not getting that from him that's not what a left footer profile is for and so i would rather see him in center field than short i do think that that he can do it at a good enough at a high enough level to contribute in minnesota and then the next guy can take care of short if he's healthy. Shortstop Royce Lewis, another one of those five guys in the top 100. Kind of same situation. Most of them are on the back half. Uh, Austin Martin was 47. The rest of them are all like 80s and above. Um, but Royce Lewis, 2017 first rounder on high school. He's recovering from an ACL injury right now. So he missed most of 2021. But best upside of the entire system. Uh, plus raw power, great speed. Last we saw him, uh, 2019. I mean, he did 2020. He lost because of COVID. 2021 with the ACL. Um, yeah, plus raw power at the plate, great speed, kind of struggles to cover the outer half, so he can use some refinement, some work there. Above average defense at shortstop, he can play second, he can play third, he can play outfield. I think he could be a plus defender in the outfield. But again, whole big thing here, he's missed a lot of time. And so you need to see more of what he is, make sure that speed comes back. 
I think you kind of see some of that baked into his his ranking when you put him at 82nd in baseball. When you look at his physical tools, he should be higher, but that's that's calculating the risk. We talked about it, I think it was Tuesday show or Wednesday show. We talked about the risk being baked into some of these guys. He's a guy where his ranking of 82, you know, his his potential is much better than that, but he's missed so much time where you have to bring him down in the rankings because of that. And then the rest of the system, a bunch of pitchers in here. I mean, there's seven arms in the top 10, and I like the mix of pro-ready guys, younger guys. It's a good little spread. I think that that's that's advantageous for you. And, And so you like the ability of the Twins to bring in some help as time goes on. I do think that if the Twins are out of contention in the division, which is possible, I don't know, uh, you may see them go ahead and move on from some guys. I'm thinking like a Josh Donaldson, stuff like that. Maybe move on from some guys just to try to get a little bit more prospect talent in the system. Uh, again, they do need some upper-end guys. I mean, when you when you trade and you the guy you trade for is automatically number one in your system, that tells you that he's good, but also it's a deficiency in your system. So I can see them making some moves. And... I do want to tell you about a team that's moved significantly in the rankings in the White Sox in just a second. But first, I want to make sure you understand that Bet Online has you absolutely covered this season. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before as we're making our way to this Sunday's big game. I don't think I'm allowed to say the name of the game, but we all know which one I'm talking about, right? Like, you're familiar with this game. Everybody watches this. It's like 100 plus million viewers. Like, okay. We're same page. All right, cool. So, BetOnline.net, best spot for all your sports scores, your news this season, not just football. If you're one of the few people who does not like watching football, that's fine. Pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, they've got live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season because BetOnline is where the game starts. And last team, obviously, we all know what it's going to be here. It's definitely going to be the White Sox and White Sox, honestly, probably the worst farm system in baseball. But when you look at it, there's an explanation like being a bad farm system isn't always a bad thing for the organization. Uh, Like the Braves right now, the Braves don't have an amazing farm system. There's not a not clear cut talents at the top. There's a lot of pitchers that may or may not pan out. Not a lot of depth in the lower levels. They just won a World Series. I don't think the organization's mad about the farm system right now. White Sox, same thing. We've seen a lot of big-time prospects graduate out of this system. Uh, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Juan Moncada, Luis, Lucas Giolito. And then just like last season, Andrew Vaughn, Michael Kopech, Nick Magrigal, uh, Garrett Crochet. So like a bunch of guys have come in there. But because of that, you just don't have a lot of guys in this system right now. Uh, your, your top player... Shortstop Colson Montgomery. Yeah. Um, you have not seen him play pro ball yet. He did a little bit of Arizona Complex League last year after the draft. Uh, 22nd overall pick last year out of Indiana. Um, high school kid. But, like, you just haven't seen a lot. Um, so, obviously, you need him to do more. He had 94 at-bats in professional baseball. So, not a lot. Uh, behind him, you have, like, Yolkui Cespedes. Another... <laughs> There's so many people with the last name Cespedes. He's a half-brother of Ioannis Cespedes. Um, we saw him in the World Baseball Classic for Cuba in 2017. He defected in 2019. 
couldn't sign until the 2021 signing period, which was January of 21. Signed with the White Sox. Didn't begin his pro career until June of last year. So he missed like two years of competitive baseball. Still hit 285, 354, 63 across high A and got a little bit of time in double A Birmingham late in the season. Uh, so went to the Arizona Fall League, you know, trying to get him at bats, get him caught back up. But it's just something where like, like he's going to be in the outfield. You just have to give him time to shake off the rust because he missed so much time. And like a lot of this farm system feels like it's, it's raw talent that's young because again, you've graduated so many players in the last few years, you know, nor Hey Vera, 2021 uh, signee out of Cuba, Wes Kath. Guess what? He is a high school draft guy in the second round. Like he did the Arizona Complex League last year. Um, 100 at bats, had three home runs, struck out 42 times. Like young talent, all of it has flaws. All of it needs a lot of projection. A lot of, like there's a lot of variability in these projections because either they're incredibly young or like Cespedes. They missed two years of baseball during form like formulative years of your of your career. Like, you know, ages 19 to 21, you need to be in professional baseball, and he was not. So a lot of variability here. But you can't be mad if you're the organization because all of the talent that was in the farm system is now cost controlled in Chicago, helping you win the division and go towards the playoffs. So it's doing its job. But you do have to acknowledge there is restocking to the system that needs to be done. And when you look at this system a year from now, and or these systems a year from now, and you go back and you look at all five of these, you try to figure out where's everybody going to be. I really feel like what you're probably going to see is I think the Royals are going to graduate guys out. The Tigers are going to graduate guys out. The Guardians and the Twins are going to probably have the better systems next year, assuming an average level of improvement across the board. Obviously, you're going to have some guys do better. You're going to have some guys do worse. But I think when you get to next season, the Guardians and Twins are going to be closer to the Royals and the Tigers than they are now, where they're kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, I do think the Twins have a lot of good pitchers. I like a lot of these kids. They're just, they're kids. They're young. You need to see more of them. You need them to get um, get at bats. You need them to get appearances, learn all of those lessons you have to learn, work with these catchers, develop these arsenals a bit more. So, so a lot of risk to the groups, but, but better. Um, next week, next Friday, uh, we're going to get the other central division. We're making our way through all of these. We've got three more weeks left on this plan. Before that, Monday is going to be a mailbag episode. I've got a couple questions already. There's still time to get yours in. You can tweet me. I'm at Crosby Baseball. Tweet the show at Locked On Farm or send an email, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. I will do my best to get all of those collected and in answered in Monday's mailbag show. Next week, we're also doing SEC, uh, not SEC. We're doing college baseball previews. I believe we have the ACC next week with our friends from Locked On ACC. Just kind of talking some college ball and who we're going to see uh, all the way up through the draft. But if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Please do us a favor, like, and subscribe. It genuinely does help the show. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts or, or iTunes, leave us a review. Let everybody know how much you're enjoying being a prospector and having some of this talk. And I will see you 
next Monday on Locked on MLB Prospects. 